Thank you, Mike. I had the privilege of singing with Mike Collier. I consider that a great privilege uh, back when I was in college. And I wanted to, uh, as I welcome you to Homecoming, Homecoming 1992, I wanted to let you know that uh, it's not been announced, but uh, tonight there is an alumni concert. It's actually a dinner concert at Grace Baptist Church. We're going to have uh, dinner for the alumni. We have many alumni coming back on campus. And uh, if you would like to come to the concert portion, hear Mike sing, his wife, Mike and Janie, his wife, will be doing some duets, and we have uh, a number of other uh, outstanding vocalists and music. Uh, the concert portion would begin around 7.30, 7.45. You'd be welcome to come and to just join us there if you'd like. Again, it's, a, it's good to, to be able to introduce you to Homecoming, 1992. This is the 65th anniversary of the Master's College, from 1927 to 1992, and you are a big part of that. And uh, today, normally this Friday of Homecoming, we have a uh, chapel speaker, prominent alumnus, and uh, we chose to do a little bit different track this morning to have for you a, a forum of three, a panel actually, of three alumni. And in just a minute, I'll introduce them. But prior to that, I wanted to let you know of the schedule. Many of you have heard of the uh, Battle of the Dorms that were scheduled for this afternoon. That has been postponed because of the weather. And we're looking forward maybe to doing that later this spring. Uh, tonight and tomorrow, there'll be a lot of alumni on campus. Alumni are just people like you, only having been here just a few years ago. And uh, I'd like you to encourage you to make them feel welcome. If you see some people that you don't know on campus, uh, welcome them. Make them, feel, make them feel back at home as they're back on campus. Tomorrow, uh, we're going to be having an event that I want to encourage all of you to attend, and that's going to be the alumni basketball game, and that'll be right in here in Bross Gym at 1.30. So as you uh, get a break from studies, we've got uh, some former players that uh, some of them are, are pretty spectacular. And uh, we've got a guy who uh, is, uh, we wish we had now, he's 6'11", be coming back again, um, and by the name of Dennis Lord, and uh, a bunch of other uh, tremendous athletes. It'll be a lot of fun if you'd like to join us. Then tomorrow night, of course, we're all looking forward to the homecoming game, game our own Mustangs as we uh, beat Christian Heritage, and uh, look forward to that. So it's going to be a great weekend, oh, and I want to invite all of you after the game, this will be sponsored by the alumni office. Uh, we're going to have a uh, reception for the homecoming courts, the players, and alumni over in the student center. That's after the game tomorrow night. Um, just for some refreshments, a good time to, uh, to meet uh, and greet other people and to just uh, congratulate the, the, home, the new homecoming court. So if we could have our, our panel come up at this time, I'd like to introduce to you um, each of them, and uh, come on up, Priscilla. First up, uh, right here to your right, will be Pastor John R. Duncan Jr. He is the uh, welcome. He's the pastor in uh, at the uh, Parkside Bible Fellowship in Fallon, Nevada. His wife Karen is with him. They're both alums, graduate of 1972. He, uh, as I said, is the son of former president, Dr. John R. Duncan, and uh, we welcome you this morning. 
Uh, next to him is uh, Priscilla Was Perkins, now Jenison, graduate of 84. She uh, is a missionary. Her and her husband Scott are missionaries with Wycliffe, Wycliffe Bible Translators in Irianjaya, Indonesia. And they're on furlough right now until mid-May. Going back at that time, they have their tickets. And uh, her husband Scott is with her, and he's in the back, and there are three children. Welcome. And then our third uh, panelist this morning, I'm going to be interviewing these people, as you can see from their nervous expressions on their faces. And uh, no, just to give you a little background. And our third panelist this morning is uh, Mac Braden. He's a graduate of 83. He's currently a youth pastor at Laurel Glen Bible Church in Bakersfield. He's here with his wife, Nancy, and he's a current student at the Master's Seminary. Welcome, Mac. Please have a seat. Please see. And uh, as I was saying, our little bit different format, instead of having a speaker, just a, uh, someone to, to preach the word this morning, I thought that an interview of these three might give you all, all of us, a better perspective on a little bit of, of our history, a little bit of, of what, what's it like. You're all, most of your students, what's it like after college? So uh, that's what we hope to do this morning. And so I'll be asking questions, and uh, you three be relaxed and uh, just answer them in any order, and uh, we'll go from here. First off, most of us would like to know how did you happen to come to our how did you happen to come to the college? What attracted you to uh, to this school? Start with Mac, then Priscilla, then John. Well, when I uh, when I graduated from high school, I went to uh, junior college to play football. When football was over, um, thanks, Mom. Um, when football was over, I decided to uh, quit school and go into construction work because I was tired of not having any money. So I worked for about six years in construction. I built swimming pools and custom homes and finally offshore oil um, rigs. And as I was building offshore oil rigs, I looked around one day and realized that there were no older guys doing what I was doing. And I realized they either died doing this or they got smart and got out. And so I decided I would be one of the guys who got smart and got out. And uh, a friend of mine was going to the school here. He got me an application. I applied, and that's how it happened. Great. Priscilla. I went to public schools all my life, and I don't regret that. It was a really neat time to challenge my faith. But when it came time to graduation, I was ready for a little bit of spiritual encouragement. And I knew I wanted some spiritual direction as well. And so I began looking into the Christian colleges. And my older sister came here and had good things to say. And so that's why I chose LABC. Very good. And uh, John, your experience was a little different, wasn't it? Yeah, with me it was, why did I stay? Uh, <laughs> Because your, your dad was president right, at the time. Yeah. I was, of course, raised here. And uh, from fifth grade on, really, I was involved and have been int uh, intimately involved with uh, what happened here at LEBC, now the Master's College. But uh, I thought about this this week, and at first it struck me that, well, you know, I could say that it was because I got a, a cheap deal by coming here. 
Or I could say I'd be disowned by my family if I went somewhere else. But the more I thought about it, it really struck me that I went here because I believed in this college. I had been a part of the adventure of faith that is this college for the first half of my life. And I didn't always realize that was going on, but I was learning faith and how God is faithful through all of my uh, young career. I came here, well, the college was just 50 students uh, down in Los Angeles. Then they came up here, and this was about 17 acres or even less, I think, at that time. And uh, there was some corrals in the King Hall, and uh, there was a great tree fort, which is now where it was between Viter Hall and Rutherford Hall, which weren't there except for a couple uh, bunkhouses, which now are Viter Hall. And uh, to watch God work and all of the uh, transformation that took place was amazing. Through the years that I grew up, I went to Hart High School and uh, was involved in all that. But during that time, all these buildings were built. We didn't have the money to do it. Uh, God protected the place. I can remember one particular fire that was coming from all directions, all four sides of the school, and it stopped on the uh, outskirts of the property of the school all the way around the school. God just protected it. We had several floods like you're experiencing now, and uh, most of all, financially. It was just amazing how God got the school through. But I got to be a part of all of that, and it was a, a thrilling adventure. I think of uh, the faculty that came here. I never knew why students came here. I could never figure it out. After all, it wasn't accredited. It was tiny. It didn't have any prestige. Why should they come here? But they came, and I came, partly for the doctrine, uh, because, also because it was a liberal arts college, and I wanted to be prepared in a liberal arts college situation. All of these things. But most of all, I was impressed with the way faculty members, guys with degrees and success in life, would leave where they were and come here. Dr. Howe is a tremendous illustration of that. Uh, with all of his degrees, he, w he came uh, to this tiny school, put up with us, I remember the first year that he was here, uh, tremendously gracious with our class. We were his first biology class, and we were a, a riot for him because he was uh, so far beyond what we were thinking about. But anyway, the whole, the whole thing has been a tremendous adventure of faith. And I'll tell you, there was, it never crossed my mind to go anywhere else because this is where I believe God was at work. And I had the privilege of being involved in this and seeing it. Excellent. Thank you. You know, each of you, uh, as you came to college then, came from different backgrounds, different perspectives. And uh, I, I wonder... Many of us can relate to this. What many of you think about, students, think about why, what you thought about in coming here. What, what brought you to the college? How were you recruited? What, what did you have in mind? I'm curious, what did you have in mind? We have a pastor, youth pastor, a missionary. What did you have in mind in, in coming to the college? What, was, what did you want to do after college as a, when you first came as a freshman? Priscilla. They didn't tell me I was going to be sitting in between these two very intelligent men and that my answers were going to seem very uh, trivial. But anyway, I didn't know what I was going to do when I came to this college. That's why I came here. Now, now Priscilla, 
Wasn't there something else you wanted out of college when you first came? He's standing right back there at the back door. <laughs> Mac, what did you, you had a little different, you were out of high school for a while, when you came to college, what did you think you were going to do with your college education? Well, I... I'd worked uh, in construction enough to know that, that I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life, so uh, I just wanted to get a, a good job where I could could make a lot of money. And so I was a business... Uh, I don't, don't lie to me, you are too. Um, <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to make enough money and work in uh, work in the church as a as a layman and, and be able to do you know things that I wanted to do. Okay. John, your presence was, uh, I mean, your, your dad was the president, and uh, of course you were expected, much was expected of you, but what did you think you were going to do as you, as you started school? Well, since I was six years old, at the point when I accepted the Lord as my Savior, I knew I was going to be a pastor. Hmm. And so I wanted to do that, but even more at that time, I suppose I wanted to play basketball. A little hard to believe at my height, but I was uh, deceived into believing that was possible, and I attempted that. And I got to play, probably part because my dad was the president. But, uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, I wanted to do that. And then as I got along farther in school, there was no doubt that that was just something else. The Lord's work was primary. That's, that's why I came. Okay. What were some of the keys to success that you had in college, and how did they carry over into your, your work now? What are... What are some key things that you learned or that you did at college that has helped you? Matt? I'm not sure I've figured out the keys to success. I'm, I'm in the seminary now, and it's just as hard as college was. Uh, I guess if, if there are any keys, it would be just keep your uh, tail in the seat until the work is done. That's, that's all I can say. Priscilla? Yeah, I would just add to that. Just the few years I've been out of college... Uh, I've watched and observed, and whether it's in work or whether it's in marriage or whatever it's in, nowadays it seems the thing to do to just bail out if things aren't going as easy as you wanted them to. And that's not the answer to anything. I think of uh, what Dr. MacArthur said last week. I was here with some kids when he spoke about the importance of uh, school at this level and he talked about interpersonal relationships developing those and he talked about uh, communication skills and analytical thinking and I think as I listened to him I thought yeah that's pretty much what we walked away with I don't remember a lot of the notes in fact I hardly ever drag out college notes uh, not to say that that, that isn't possible and might not be good but I think there are other things that are going on that are more important for us. I think perseverance, as, as these two mentioned, is vital and helped me. Discipline. Then my wife said something when she looked at this list of questions. She said, John, we learned how to be real. And I think that's true. We, we learned how to be open and real. And that has helped us as we've gone on uh, and worked with other people. Okay. You know, being back on campus, I know as I talk to many alumni, brings back all the memories, uh, a lot of good memories of pranks and fun times. Uh, it also brings back memories of, 
of uh, successes, failures. I know for me, I, I uh, remember being with uh, Dr. Crothers. He was uh, uh, back on campus uh, relatively, I think in his first or second year teaching. And he, uh, I took chemistry and uh, calculus from him at the same time as a science major. And I changed majors. That did it to me right there. I, I said, this isn't for me. And so our paths changed during college. I'm wondering, what would you, what are some things that, as you reflect back, what would you do the same? What would you do different? What would be some things that you can tell our students today uh, that you'd recommend to them as they're as they in their college education? John. I quickly wrote down a couple things that I would recommend to you, some of which I did and some I didn't do. Uh, discipline. I got thinking about this later. You have to be disciplined or you're out of here. But you've got to learn that. And uh, that is vital to learn as you go on in life. You have to discipline yourself for study and uh, for the various activities you're in. So that's crucial. Secondly, what Dr. MacArthur brought up last week about uh, multiple experience involvement. I think you have to be involved in a lot of things. That gives you a platform with which to communicate the gospel. Uh, quick illustration, my son came in two nights ago and busted in our room and he was all excited and he had just led a friend to Christ. John, unlike me, all I was interested in high school was basketball, but John has had been involved in a lot of sports and in drama and music and from that platform has had the chance to lead several kids to Christ. And I think it even goes on when you get here, you want to grab your opportunities and you know, get involved in a whole lot of different things and from that platform and that knowledge you'll use it all later in, in working with people. You'll be shocked at kinds of people that'll come to you from all kinds of walks in life and you'll be able to identify with them and minister to them. Uh, thirdly, this is one I've, I've learned lately and I wish I had learned it earlier and that is I think daily you need to recommit your life to Jesus Christ. In other words, let me put it this way, you need to get off the throne and let him get back on the throne and I find it important to do early in the day. An illustration would be I like to walk and when I do I like to pray either the Lord's Prayer or pray through the armor of the believer or through the furniture in the tabernacle and at that point I give my life back over to God every morning and that it's amazing how it helps me throughout the day because I just remember who's boss and who's running this thing and who's got the strength to get it done. So uh, I would really suggest that you develop that habit early of a time in your day to give your life back to God and remember that he's in charge. It'll help your perspective tremendously. And lastly, I think the idea of a support group is good. I didn't have... I had a lot of friends and we had a good time, but support groups, now I have one, it's the elders in our church, but at that time I didn't develop a close group of people that I could be accountable to, and I wish I had, I think I was a little proud for it, felt I could do it on my own, but the farther I go on in the ministry, the more I realize this is a team thing, this is a body life concept, and we do need each other, uh, be careful who you choose, but we do need each other, so you need a small group to share with and to grow with. I echo that. I just want to comment that friends, your friends you make at college, high school friends are great, 
and I, I only see two now. Of my, all the high school friends I have, there's only two I see even once a year. But college friends, uh, as I talk with alumni, they're, they're still, many of them, keeping in touch with those college friends. So the relationships that we're making, that you're making now, can last a lifetime. Matt? Well, Recommendations. I think, um, some of the things, I would have done the same. Obviously, I would have come here, and, I, and like you said, developed the friendships with the people that, that I went to school with um, and developed the, the relationships with the faculty. And I think of Russell Barney. Colonel Barney was the, the uh, business, um, the head of the business department when I was here, and he's just a great guy, and, and uh, he'll be a lifelong friend because he, he did so much to help me get through college. Um, what would I do differently? I think I would come right out of high school here and get college finished in four years instead of the ten years that it took me. Um, I wasn't in all ten years. <laughs> I worked for six. Some of you math majors over here are trying to figure this out. I worked for six, and then I, I got through college in four. I wish I would have come right out of, right out of high school. Um, what would I recommend to the students? Uh, I would recommend take all the Bible classes and courses you can because you'll use them later. Um, and God will use that to, uh, greatly in your life at a later time. And then I would say get involved and enjoy all the college life you can while you're here because before you know it, you'll graduate and then you have to get a job and work. And uh, just enjoy it while you can. So. Yeah, I would uh, add to that to just have a really good time. Um, don't get caught up in what it is you're majoring in and change your major every six months or so. Because really, I believe, honestly, the Lord is going to use you no matter what your major is. I don't think that's all that important to Him. Okay. So, from an alumnus or alumna perspective, what happens after college? Is the study worth it? What can you really use a Bachelor of Arts degree? Mac? Well, when I, uh, when I graduated from college, I had, uh, I, I had about six years of construction experience in a college degree, and I got a job in a, as a quality manager for a limousine manufacturer. And my job was to ride around in the back of limousines and make sure they didn't squeak and rattle and make sure the radio worked and the television worked and the VCR worked. Now, I, that's right up there with ice cream taster, you know? That's one everybody wants but nobody gets. Um, I, have, I had no automotive experience whatsoever. I, I, did, I had no idea what I was doing except, you know, I could watch Superman reruns on TV during, during the day and get paid for it. Um, if I hadn't had a college degree from this institution, I, I would have never gotten that job. So, yeah. It, <laughs> so, yeah, it's worth it. Somehow it's worth it. Oh, that's great. Um. <laughs> That wasn't quite the answer I was looking for, but um, no, because you had a Bachelor of Arts degree then, weren't there other guys more qualified at that place to do that? I'm sorry? Weren't there other, other people at the uh, limousine place to have more years experience, all that? Well, yeah, but they didn't have the college degree. There were a lot of guys that had worked there forever, you know, and they knew the cars inside out. I knew nothing about them, but I had a college degree, and they said, okay, you'll do. So that was my job. 
Excellent, excellent. Priscilla, what about you? What? Uh... Once again, I think Steve uh, met with these two guys about three months ago and gave them every single question. And he told me five minutes ago what the questions were. And we came to this one. I said, Steve, I don't know what to say to that. And he gave me some corny thing to say to you guys. Okay. And so... Priscilla, I, I, let's yeah. pass on this question for you. No, I think I'll, I'll uh, say what I feel I need to say. <laughs> and that's because I'm coming at you from a woman's perspective, okay? <laughs> now, wait a minute. Before you women share, you may not be too enthused about what I have to say either. <laughs> Okay, but I am a mother of three little children. Amen. And I believe that is the highest calling for any women in the world today. That's all I have to say. <laughs> well. John. After, after I went here to college, I went two and a half years here to the uh, seminary they had here at that time. And then I went to Dallas Seminary. And when I was there, they told us that they were real excited about having guys, uh, interestingly enough, that became Christians on secular universities and also people from liberal arts college backgrounds, even more than just Bible college. And I don't mean just in a negative way, but they almost did from a liberal arts background because they could relate to the world. They felt that they would have more impact, generally speaking, for Jesus Christ uh, on the campuses and in the secular environment. So it was important for me to come from a liberal arts college background. Also, I think any time you go through four years of school like you're going through and you make it, that shows a lot of maturity and it tells an awful lot about your character. So I think those things are uh, important. Okay. Thank you. Um, couple, just a couple more questions. And uh, I'm going to tie, you have those in front of you. We're going to tie six and seven together if we could. How did your education here pre help prepare you for ministry? And then tell us a little bit about your ministry, if you would. Uh, Priscilla, what's it like on the mission field? Okay, I am prepared for this question. This is the one he told me he was going to ask. <laughs> I was a psychology major when I attended here. And I remember one night sitting in the dorms, I was up in Hotchkiss dorm, and the head resident came into my room and she shut the door and she sat down and she looked at me straight in the face and she said, Priscilla, there has got to be something wrong with you. Every psychology major I have ever known in all my life has always had some deep, problems. Now, what is yours? And it took quite a while to convince her that I did not come from a dysfunctional family and that to the best of my knowledge, other than my sin nature, I didn't have too many major problems wrong with my life. I was a psychology major for the fun. I enjoyed it. 
And not too long after that, I was sitting in a chapel up in the bleachers, and there was a missionary, little missionary old lady speaking that day. I don't even remember her name or her face, but I do remember that she was standing up here swinging a machete and talking. She <laughs> was. Uh, my husband wouldn't let me bring mine today. But she was speaking from Second Chronicles 16.9, which says, The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, so that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. And it was at that point the Lord showed me I did have a major problem wrong with my life. I had my own goals, my own plans, and I had not stopped to think that maybe they weren't his plans. And from that day on, uh, through Psalm 51:12, where David prayed, Create in me a clean heart, he showed to me that it needs to be a daily prayer of asking the Lord to cleanse us. And then that ends with, And sustain me with a willing heart. And he needed to give me a willing heart first, and then he needed to sustain me with it. And I need to pray that prayer every single day of my life. And from there he began to show me what he wanted me to do. And once again, I began arguing, and I said, but wait a minute, I'm a psychology major. This doesn't have anything to do with what I just went to four years of college for. And through that, he taught me another very important lesson in my life, and that was that he doesn't need your ability in anything, but he wants your availability in everything. Because of that, he has chosen for my life to be an overseas missionary in Irian Jaya, Indonesia. And I'm there with my husband and our three wonderful little boys. And because of having to depend upon him for everything out there in the middle of nowhere, he has become more precious and more dear to me than all the securities that this world has to offer. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Thank you. Thank you, Priscilla. Mac, tell us about your ministry, your current ministry, how you, how the Lord led you to that. Okay, I'm, I'm a youth pastor at um, Laurel Glen Bible Church in Bakersfield. <laughs> We've got three people here from Bakersfield. Um, it's, uh, it's a Mennonite Brethren Church, and so the the college of choice for our church right now would probably be a, a college a little bit farther north up the valley. And, and some of our young people, you know, have, have decided to go to that college, and that's fine. I tell them, if that's what you want to do, that's okay with me. But if you want God's best for you, then you ought to come to the master's college. Amen. And, uh, and we've, got, we've got two young men enrolled right now um, here, and probably... Um, Probably a few more soon, I hope. Um, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm a youth pastor. We've got about, uh, I don't know, a bunch of junior high, high school, and college kids. That, that, that is my area of ministry. I'm enrolled in the seminary right now because when I graduated from college, I was a, a business major. And I, I, I remember thinking, why do they make us take all these Bible courses when, you know, I want to be an accountant or I want to be a, a psychologist or whatever. Why, why take all this Bible stuff? When I came to the college and I began to take the Bible classes, uh, that's when I really began to grow spiritually and I began to realize that it wasn't as important for me to do what I wanted to do 
as it was for me to do what God wanted me to do. And so when I got out of college, I was still trying to, you know, I still wanted to be in business and that kind of stuff. But, but God was just pulling on my heart saying, now I've got other plans for you. And I remember sitting in my office at the limousine manufacturer looking at all these limousines sitting there thinking, if I ride in a million of these cars, what good will it do? What, you know, what, what possible good could that accomplish when I'm 75? What can I say I've done, you know, what, what can I say I've accomplished in life? And uh, right at that time, God opened the doors for me to, to become a youth pastor at our church, and uh, it just went from there. So I'm enrolled in the seminary now, trying to get uh, as much training as I can to do as much as I can for him. And uh, the college really is the foundation that all of that is built on. Um, my Bible classes and, the, and, the, and all, of the, all of those classes really is where that started. So the college means a lot to me in that respect. Great. John. Without a doubt, the, the greatest thing that I got out of the college while I was here was my wife, Karen. And uh, she has just been a blessing in my life, of course. And I wouldn't, between the Lord and her, I certainly wouldn't have gotten very far uh, without, without them. And she's precious to me. Uh, next to that, I think another thing I learned by observation was the servant leadership of the faculty and administration of the school. You know, it's hard, I think, especially for men, to deal with the humility aspect throughout your life. And to watch these men and women of God really care for you and not go on a pride trip. I remember uh, Bruce Stabbert, who was teaching in the college and seminary when I was here, taking a summer out to help us fellows who didn't do very well in Greek the first year. He took us and uh, for free, he just brought us into his house and would help us uh, and take care of us. And, and there was no sense of him looking down on us. It was just an attitude of, of servanthood. And, and uh, we're all equal. We're all trying to do what God wants us to do. And nobody's better than anybody else, no matter how many degrees or experiences or accomplishments you have. Now, that may not sound important, but when you get in the ministry, there is a tendency in many areas to, to think you're better than somebody else. You know, your background, you're a you know, white Anglo-Saxon moralist, like Romans chapter 2 pictures the moralist. And frankly, we're all sinners, you know, dead in trespasses and sins, saved by the grace of God and growing by God's strength. And I think by seeing these people, I was motivated and am motivated on a regular basis to, to uh, treat people and try to lead with a more servant and humble attitude. So that was very important to me. There are several other things that come into play in a local church ministry that I learned here, including uh, discipline and endurance and dependence on God daily. And also you learn to prioritize your life, which is very important. You have to learn that everything is not equal. You have to... You have to learn to give other people responsibility, and you have to do what God has uniquely called you to do. In our church, for instance, I do I teach two men's Bible studies, a young couples class, Karen and I teach together, and I preach uh, often on Sunday mornings. Whereas our co-pastor, he likes to administrate, he preaches uh, less, he does a lot of discipleship, and he works with youth. But those are his areas, and then we try to get other people, other elders and people involved in all kinds of other things. But I can't spend all my day doing the other things. God has uniquely called me for those particular ministries, 
And you've got to prioritize that. Otherwise, people will wipe you out, and you'll be just doing all kinds of things and getting nothing done. So I think those lessons began for me here at LABC. Okay. I want to thank each of you for coming, Mac, Priscilla, John. Let's give them a big hand. I know, but we're out of time. Now, it is a great question. Priscilla, sit down, please. No, no, one question for Priscilla, please. It's a great question for you and you alone. That question, this next question was for you. Quickly. I, I wrote this one last night, you can tell. I've enjoyed watching the Winter Olympics. And we always, we all of us enjoy seeing overcomers, great athletes. What are some of the hardest challenges you face or have faced physically, emotionally, or spiritually on the mission field? Well, uh, physically, I don't know how many of you have ever sat in the middle of a jungle right on the equator, but it's hot. And many times a day I ask the Lord, why did you have to ask me to come here? Couldn't you have asked someone else? And of course, he always answers back, no, I asked you to come here. So physically, as a woman, I struggle a lot with the discomforts um, because of my flesh. And emotionally, as a missionary, I hate that term, but anyways, I have a lot of pride. And I have to continually ask the Lord to humble me and to take away that pride because I know it's a contrite spirit that pleases him the most. And as a missionary, you can get very, very prideful. And spiritually, uh, I really need to work on my perspective. You know, I'll tell you something. Out in the middle of the jungle, I have never desired to see the Lord's return more. (laughs) No, I didn't say that to be funny. It's the truth. On a daily basis, I just can't wait for those clouds to open up and take me away. But since we've been home here on furlough, you know, that thought has never entered my mind. Matter of fact, it's been, wait, let me just finish my year of furlough. Just give me a little bit more comfort. Uh, So spiritually, I really need that perspective of seeking that city. This city isn't lasting, and it's leaving us really quickly. But the city which is to come is the eternal city. And that's the city we should be seeking our investments in and our gains and whatever whatever else it is that's important to you. It should involve that city which is to come. And I need that perspective on a daily basis. Thank you very much. Thank you. And now... Chapel, not quite over. I'd like to introduce, of course, your own associated student body president to introduce to you some things about homecoming court. Welcome, Billy Tarka. Thank you, Steve. Um, Hang tight. We have a couple more things to talk about real quick. Um, Again, the Battle of the Dorms competition is closed. Uh, We're not going to do it today. We may do it another time in the semester, so look forward to that. 
Um, again, tomorrow night the basketball game is at 7.30, and following that there will be a reception in the student center. We'll invite, invite you all to that. At this point, I'd like to uh, introduce the nominees for the homecoming court. Um, I'm going to announce the freshmen, sophomore, and juniors, and I'll have each of you stand when I name your name. And then for the seniors, when I announce your name, I'd like you to come up here. Um, first of all, we have for the freshman class, uh, the nominee for the princess is Cinnamon Downs. She's up there. And for the freshman guy is Brooks Baldwin. Thank you. <clears throat> for the sophomore class, the nominee for Princess is Joy Lotz. She's up there. And for the sophomore Prince, Matt Sims. The junior nominees for... Uh, Prince and Princess. For the Princess, it's Michelle Damiani. And surprised, Mark Spanzel. And a reminder for announcing the seniors, uh, the whole student body is, is asked to vote this afternoon at lunchtime, actually immediately following chapel in the student center for these nominees. For the senior class, Queen nominees are Mary Beth Provost, Robin Randall, and finally Tanya Tenpass. We're bringing them up here so you can recognize who they are, for those of you who don't know them, so you can vote for whichever one you decide you'd like to vote for. For the seniors, the homecoming princes, kings, nominees, uh, Mr. Jason Webster. The second nominee for homecoming King is Lupe Beltran. And finally, our last nominee for this year's 1992 Homecoming King, Paco Manassian. All right. Thank you very much. Um, again, Vote this afternoon at lunchtime for one of these. You guys can sit down now. Thanks for coming up here. Especially Paco. Um, hold on one, more, one, one minute before we dismiss here. Let's take a word of, of prayer before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for our chapels and the fun we get to have, Lord, and, and for the opportunity to come and, and worship you in this capacity, Lord. Thank you for kind of calming down the weather a little bit, Lord, and for making Yourself real to us through Your nature, Lord, and Your power and, and Your majesty, God. I just ask that as the weekend is upon us, Lord, that we might be able to accomplish all that we need to and to glorify You in that. In Your name, Amen. You are dismissed.